0: That was Isham Jones and the Keller Sisters with their playful tune, Together We Two. One of those tracks from a record at the back of the crate. A reminder to both you and me to dance with those we love before they are long gone. What all do we take for granted, day in and day out? For some, it's their partners. For others, It's their families but for almost all of us until well i don't think i need to go into well-trodden territory it's the environment many of us remember the golden years green lawns filled with artificial fertilizers buying pre-grown fauna and planting it in our yards and claiming we've had a green thumb the whole time or even gardening that was purely recreational how much time has passed since then It's hard to tell, but sometimes we need to look away from the mirror and out the proverbial window. For our episode today, we've decided to look more... broadly. We focused a lot on our small little town and what's left of it these past few weeks, but now it's time to shift a bit more... northwest... It took some careful navigating, but we've managed to secure a couple interviews from some surprise guests, which wouldn't be possible without experts acting as guiding hands along the way. Our first guest, and someone I'm very excited to have a chat with, is an academic and former fellow with a PhD in sociology from the University of... Western Arizona State. Western Arizona University. It's Dr. Adam Lamontang. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting such a warm reaction. Thank you. Well, we don't usually get guests with such prestige on the show. A doctorate degree from... Uh, Western Arizona State? Sorry. I don't know what's... It's not sticking in my head as well as other information. Oh, it's fine. I understand. We were a small school. It didn't have the same ring of prestige as former universities, like your Braxton U's or your Wambledry States. Ah. Western Arizona State University. Home of the fightin' javeliness. Not to sidetrack. What did your mascot look like? Was it... It was a peccary. An animal roughly, uh... Yay big? Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Beautiful. Sorry if I'm coming off pandering. I'm trying to match your energy. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Your dissertation, I actually have it here. And I've got to say, your central thesis is... Mm Ooh. I just... Mm -hmm. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. You know? Do you mind if I... Go a bit into myself, my career, my accomplishments. Go right ahead. I got my undergrad from this little university just outside of Provo, Utah. I'd say the name, but I don't know where the lines of Utah are drawn now. I don't want you to get ire from the new separatists of... of, uh, from, From there, I felt like I would become a teacher. All of us young, hot-headed, whispering academic undergrad intellectuals wanted to do this. To take the wealth of knowledge afforded to me by parents who prioritized books over whatever else the kids in the neighborhood were doing. I felt invincible and wanted to make sure that I was giving back to my community by exposing them to my beliefs, my ideas my concepts. But there was something... uh, How can you say it? It's this lingering feeling. This longing for an even higher academia. Mm -hmm. I reached a metaphorical Mm -hmm. fork in the road. Either Mm -hmm. I would pursue Mm -hmm. a career Mm -hmm. of teaching others, Mm -hmm. an Mm -hmm. unbelievably noble pursuit given Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. talents I'd shown both in Mm -hmm and Mm. out of the classroom to Mm. Mm -hmm. children, mostly. Mm. Which at the time I viewed Mm -hmm. as ungrateful Mm. bastards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, I could become a true Mm. expert and potential Mm -hmm. scholar in an often Mm -hmm. forgotten field of sociology. Mm -hmm. The Midwest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With a focus in a rarely written about phenomena. The Midwestern spirit. Mm -hmm. What would you say hooked you and made you hyper-analyze the Midwestern spirit. The tenacity of it all, I believe. Think about all the cultural movements we've seen come and go. The coasts used to be for the phenomenally wealthy, but now look at them. They're constantly ransacked by Neo-Sea peoples. Thirty years ago, the mountains were the breeding grounds of the moonshine makers. But now... They're a refuge for former businessmen who can afford private armies. The only people we've seen outlive this cultural overhaul have been those from the Midwest. The group you wrote your dissertation on are a self-identified group known as the nomadic people of former Wisconsin. Former Wisconsin obviously meaning two things. One being the disillusion of the state the literal dissolution of the state and the other being the fact that Wisconsin doesn't exactly exist anymore in the physical sense can you elaborate on this mhm mm-hmm. yes yes the dissolution of the state as we'd known it doesn't need to be explained as i'm sure everyone listening has experienced firsthand but As the weather became more and more erratic, I guess would be the word for it, the buildup and the eventual thawing of ice led to massive ground erosion all over the body of what we used to call the state of Wisconsin. To those listening, if you would oblige me, take your hands and hold them perpendicularly. There we go. Now if you could, place them on your lap. As the ice builds, draw them together, and as it thaws, have them spread apart. Imagine this over the course of months and months and months. You'll have worn a hole in your pants if you did it long enough. This near constant cycle of freezing and thawing, then freezing, then thawing, had an effect on the soil that slowly withered away the foundation of what biologists would call The sulfuric wall. Take for instance, if you may, a massive sand dune. Due to the sea oats' complex root structure, the dunes hold their shape. Waves crash into them, and all that's lost is cosmetic amounts of sand, rarely ever needing to be replaced. Imagine now, if you remove the sea oats, what happens? This is what happened to the hilly areas. A former Wisconsin. The ground gave way, exposing a massive cavernous network beneath the former state, akin to a labyrinthian underground network. However, as we all know now, these weren't just caverns. They were recesses that held massive amounts of sulfuric gas, which would leak out of the ground slowly over time. These clouds wouldn't just evaporate and spare the area after a week or two of release, they would permanently linger several hundred feet above the ground. As you can imagine, this naturally forced millions out of their homes. But unlike the other movements of people that fled the coast to the Great Lakes, the people of former Wisconsin simply chose to stay on the perimeter of their former state, My dissertation is on exactly that. Given everything that has happened, all that has been robbed from you as the climate has changed, why have you stayed? I don't mean to spoil your writing, but why did they stay? The Midwestern spirit. An undying force that lives within them. It is so much more than a cultural movement. It's an innate sense of being an undying lust for seizing what is rightfully theirs and not letting anything stand between them and the victorious reclamation of their former state under their control. It's magnificent. I would go as far as to say that this tenacity is akin to the Aztecs, the fierce protectors of the ancient pre-Mexican Central America, fiercely isolationist, They've refused to talk to anyone in academia about their grit, or their long-term survival strategy. It's impossible to get to them, and it's that there, that mystique, that's left me hooked for all these years. It's... Are you okay? Sorry, I need to contain myself. We've organized something for you, and it's really been eating me up inside. It's... Genuinely, it's something special. To my knowledge, it's something that hasn't happened on live radio until right now. Do you want to take a guess? Well, I haven't got the slightest clue. We've managed to secure an over-the-air interview with two of the nomadic people of former Wisconsin. They're on the line in just a minute. You alright? You look a little... pale. Would you like a... Well, I... don't really have anything here. Uh, Do you want me to hold you? I can hold you. Uh, God, God, jeez.
1: Can you... can you hear me yet? The wave is moving. That's gotta mean something.
0: I... I cannot tell you what I'm feeling right now. Gentlemen... How are you?
1: Uh, I've I've been worse. I can't complain.
0: Dr. Adam, uh, we were just talking about this off mic, you know, a bit before we started airing. The sulfuric cloud? The, uh, the sulfuric clouds we were talking about a minute ago? And the the overall impact it's had on familial Mm -hmm. bonds? Mm -hmm. Yes. Gentlemen, would either of you revere this? cloud of noxious gas to be almost like a deity of sorts. A gatekeeper between this world and the next. Sort of like the famous parable of the Plague of Locusts.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know about that. Crepes, What do you say?
0: I would just like the listener to note that this is what I meant by the tenacious Midwestern spirit. The brevity of speech giving way to such powerful emotions. An unspoken dialogue communicated almost entirely through the energies between both bodies. Very little is conveyed through posture and gestures. Rather, it's an assumption of well-intent between two people roughing it out. A common understanding of what is and isn't possible to be communicated here, for example, turning to page 54, here we go, notice this posture here. Either one of you feel free to answer this. Would you say you're in a general position of repose? Maybe lounging?
1: Yeah, sure. sure.
0: Would you go into further detail about how you two are able to convey such rich, deep emotions? with so few words. I hope you don't mind me asking about the cloud. Now, I know that this sulfuric cloud has been taking different shapes as time has moved on, lingering for weeks, months at times. This is largely caused by the heavy wind gales of the great lakes pushing in one direction, and the fierce winds of the great plains pushing the other way. When one, or both, act more strongly than the other, the shape of the cloud changes, sometimes becoming more oblong, a shape that would resemble an old football, and other times it will create a massive divot over the former state, allowing you, the nomadic people of former Wisconsin, to scavenge and forage. Could you explain what this experience is like for the listener?
1: Ah, it could be worse. It's not the most
0: exciting thing. How is the shape of the cloud communicated? I imagine that as the new front pushes in, it's communicated through a huge network of makeshift devices to announce this change. Are there smoke signals like the Native American tribes of long ago? Or is it... Uh, We just
1: kind of call out to a guy to come on with us. Yeah, we'll say, hey, Bill, the cloud's moving, and we'll sneak right by.
0: Could you describe what the insides of the cities look like after they've been abandoned for so long? I imagine it's gotta be a bit jarring. Eh, It's fine. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're in the cities, what exactly are you foraging? I apologize. I may need to cut in here. You gentlemen don't mind, do you? Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. This is the central thesis to my book. Stop me at any point, please. The bellowing of the sulfuric gases started at some point a few years ago. It's unclear when the big event happened, if there even was one. The area slowly became more and more uninhabitable until almost everyone had left with their belongings to the periphery of the cloud, and they monitored it like hawks, waiting for it to recede. Oh yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but several reluctant people refused to be refugees and stayed until they...
1: Yeah, what can you do? You lost someone up there, didn't you? Oh yeah, sure.
0: A couple. Was this tough to reconcile with? Eh, it's fine. The reason for these pilgrimages vary from person to person. But overall, this goes back to my central theory of the Midwestern spirit. I wrote about this pretty extensively in my dissertation, which I can send your way if either of you want to read it. right. The predominant reason for the trek back inwards to the cities has to do with biology. I don't think you can hold a candle to the theory that we are all innately drawn to an area. This continent is composed mostly of immigrants. However, we are composed of what we consume. This used to be media in a nearly constant stream, but now it's our soil. With the release of sulfuric gases into the atmosphere... The soil of former Wisconsin has become so nutrient rich, it's impossible to overstate. By casting a massive shadow over the land, former Wisconsin's fauna has adapted and flourished under the cooler, wetter climate as they never truly experience blistering heat like the areas that surround them. With these momentary lapses in coverage, the nomadic people migrate inwards and begin to reap what they planted months before. The soil yields extremely calorie-dense foods and grows them in such a shocking amount of overabundance that the nomadic people are able to subsist, without visiting for weeks to even months at a time. This here is what I call in my book, The Midwestern Spirit. It's an undying grit An unwillingness to let the land tame you, it's its what's kept these folks going for so long. While they aren't the most talkative group, their tenacity makes them among the most inspiring people on the continent. Sorry, gentlemen. I got a bit worked up there.
1: Oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry.
0: Is there anything you'd like to add? Maybe some personal experiences
1: that- No, yeah, no. None of that is right. Like, at all. Yeah, no one cares about the soil.
0: But the evidence we've scavenged of previous movements in the area showing signs of- Just
1: kind of eat whatever we want. I ate a sandwich the other day. Ah, oh, man. What kind? Hoagie. Alright. Then what are- Oh, what are we doing in this city? Ah, uh, well, we mostly go back to our old homes. Yeah, I got a huge wagon full of everything from my living room. I just kind of sit there with all my stuff back up on the shelves. You know, down in uh, former Coloscom. Well, I've got a fish tank. Big one, too,
0: yeah. Sorry, gentlemen, I... can't really describe the emotion Dr. Adam is showing on his face right now. It's somewhere between a frown and... Uh, yeah, I'd... That's an emotion I don't have a word for.
1: It is what it is. Yeah, sure.
0: Well, is there anything you fellas want to say before you go?
1: Nah, I think I'm alright. Yeah, I gotta go have a lie down. My back has been bad. You know, my dad had a bad back for a bit. You know what cured it? No, what was it? I don't know either. It just kind of stopped hurting him.
0: Thank you for tuning in for this week's interview on 92.3 WJVD. Carrying us out will be a Johnny Tune... Something fun to dance to as we transition to our next hour of programming. Here's I Want to Be Loved by You by Helen Kane. Stay safe, stay dry, and stay listening to 92.3 WJVD.
2: I'm not one of the greedy kind. All of my once thoughts simple. I know what's on my mind, I'm not resting until I find what would make your eyes listen with joy, listen big boy, I wanna be loved by you, just you, nobody else, I wanna be loved by you, love, boop, I wanna be kissed by you, just yes, you nobody else but you I wanna be kissed by you, love, Papa goodness. Ba-